0: By now, just about everyone's aware that prescription opioid addiction has become a major problem. But how are the costs of dealing with this crisis being paid? Recent research has the answers, and InfoTracks' Roy Mackey is back with the details. Roy? Thanks again, Chris. We're joined by Joel Siegel, Assistant Professor in the Department of Health Policy and Administration at Pennsylvania State University. So, Dr. Siegel, tell us more about your study and what you were looking
1: at. Well, we were studying what the costs were to get a sense of what the financial burden was to states as a result of the opioid epidemic. We find some pretty substantial costs. I think the two biggest ones that we identified were, one, some of the treatment costs borne by the Medicaid program of states. So that would include both treatment costs for treating opioid use disorder as well well as some of the related medical care costs for people that have substance abuse or in particular opioid use disorder. So things like hepatitis C, various infections, emergency department visits, things like those. And the second cost that we found were related to some of the lost tax revenue. So people that exit the labor force as a result of opioid use disorder and as a result have lower incomes and send less in terms of tax revenue to the states.
0: Let's talk about Medicaid for a moment. Of course, it provides medical care for the poor. Are most of those tax dollars coming from the federal level, or is that impacting states as
1: well? It depends a little bit state to state, but it includes both federal budget as well as state budgets. And it sort of ends up being fairly complicated in terms of what the mix is, both in terms of the more traditional Medicaid and in terms of who was eligible prior to the Affordable Care Act Act. Medicaid expansion versus after. So the federal government pays a larger portion of those who became eligible as a result of the Medicaid expansion. But for a lot of the individuals who may have been eligible even prior to the expansion, somewhere in the range of about half of those costs come from the state, although that varies a lot state to state
0: another factor that you looked at, and you've touched on this, but what happens when an opioid addict falls out of the workforce? Tell us a little more about the cost factors involved there.
1: Sure. When someone's unable to work, they're earning less in terms of income, and that leads to a reduction in both income taxes paid and sales taxes paid, and that's a cost to the state. And we also do want to highlight that there are significant costs borne by the individual, but for this project, we were really focusing on those borne by the state. So there's less in terms of both income and sales tax. And one of the other things, I guess, We highlight, although we don't actually have a great grasp on what they are in terms of magnitude, are if individuals leave the workforce and have lower income, they might be eligible for a number of different programs for which they may become eligible. But again, we don't have great data on that, but we know it's likely to be substantial as well.
0: The criminal justice system in each state is also facing some pretty high expenses as a result of all this, right?
1: Correct. Some of our colleagues found that there were in the hundreds of millions of dollars, at least in Pennsylvania, over a number of years. Unfortunately, this is an area, I think, where it's difficult to get data, and it can certainly vary a lot state to state, but we certainly know that as people move in and out of the criminal justice system, there's substantial cost. There's certainly some debate about what the best way to get people into treatment is, A debate about involvement with the criminal justice system versus trying to get people into treatment.
0: One of the most tragic of all, of course, is the effect on children, many of them ending up in foster care or something similar. Tell us about that aspect of the problem.
1: One of our colleagues worked on this topic. They tried to estimate what these costs were in terms of the increase in child welfare services and they estimate that to be likely into the billions of dollars as well and maybe another related issue can be that especially for infants born with neonatal abstinence syndrome they may require substantial resources in terms of special education costs or other things just given some of the difficulties that can arise following neonatal abstinence syndrome.
0: What was the thing that surprised you the most in your study?
1: I think the full magnitude and spectrum of these costs. One of the difficulties with an issue like opioid use disorder is really just how it hits people on so many different levels. It hits them on the medical level, the financial level. It was maybe a little bit surprising just sort of how widespread this was and how much it hits people at every level.
0: Are there any lessons to be learned from your study that perhaps states can do differently or adopt different policies, or perhaps the federal government can apply their funds differently? What can we learn from the study that maybe can be put to use?
1: Certainly one of the big implications of this is we get a sense of what resources spent were in terms of resources that might then be able to be recoverable, and in turn maybe spent on both opioid prevention as well as treatment. As we sort of look back on it, there may be some signals earlier on that we were maybe entering a larger problem than had maybe been anticipated. Certainly a lot of this came about because of some of the misinformation in terms of part of the FDA review of some of these particular opioid medications. They were listed as not having significant abuse potential, and we later found out that maybe that wasn't the case.
0: Assistant Professor Joel Siegel from Pennsylvania State University, thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you. And for InfoTrack, I'm Roy Mackey. That's it for another edition of InfoTrack. InfoTrack Internet services are provided by Pair.com. Thanks to this week's contributor, Roy Mackey. Our executive producer is Randy Meyer. And I'm Chris Whitting, inviting you to join us next week for another edition of InfoTrack.